This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Throwback Thursday. Hey, everybody. This is Chris to Makes a Podcast producer, Chris Fafalius, and I'm here to bring you all another Throwback Thursday episode. Today, we're sending you all the way back to episode 37, which came out on February 7th of 2021. Our guest was Fat Mike of No Effects, discussing not one, but two songs. Linoleum, which is the lead-off track of the classic 1994 album Punkin' Drublick, and Linoleum, the 2021 song that's about the song Linoleum. It's pretty awesome to write a song that's about another one of your songs, and of course, No Effects would be the band that did that. Part of Linoleum's subject matter is about how many bands have covered Linoleum over the years, and yeah, I've been guilty of that a time or two, but as you'll hear in this episode, Mike thinks that's actually really cool. Uh, which he should. He's right. It is. It's got to be a good feeling to have a song that so many people love that they actually want to play the song. They want to learn it and play it. That's really cool. And as you'd expect, Mike is really funny in this episode. So yeah, perfect throwback Thursday material. So I won't hold you up any longer here. Let's get in the DeLorean and head all the way back to February of 2021 for episode number 37 with Fat Mike. Hey everyone, today's guest is my pal Mike Burkett, better known as Fat Mike, bassist and lead vocalist for the San Francisco, California punk rock band, No Effects. Mike and I discuss two songs today, the first being Linoleum, arguably one of the most well-known No Effects songs. The track, which is taken from their 1994 platinum-selling album Punkin' Drublick, has been covered by over 700 different artists and remains a live staple in the band's repertoire to this day. We talk about how there is no chorus in the whole song, and basically it's just one long verse and a bridge. Then we jumped into the sequel to Linoleum. Written more than 25 years later, Linoleum is a fresh take on the original, keeping several key elements of the former song, but adding so many new twists and turns that it becomes its own animal and stands alone as its own song. Mike enlisted the help of Avenged Sevenfold and their two-guitar attack that provided some crazy solos to the track. The lyrics of Linoleum specifically talk about putting Linoleum to rest. When I questioned Mike if he truly means that Linoleum is retired from NoFX's live shows, he gave an unpredictable and as vague an answer that only he could. For all this and much more, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey. So uh, what am I doing on your show? Well, you're you're on the show for a number of reasons. You're, you're my friend, and uh, a number of my listeners have requested you. And there's quite a bit to talk about. You know, linoleum, 
Uh, the original song is over 25 years old. You got a new record coming out called Single Album on February 26, which features the uh, the sequel to Linoleum, Linoleum, which is awesome. So uh, yeah, I just kind of want to jump in and start with Linoleum and just say uh, congratulations on uh, the, the song's continued success. The thing just has legs, man. I don't understand it, but I'll take it. I know the song kind of marvels you. I've talked to you about this before because, uh, as you've stated many times, <laughs> it's in the lyrics of Linoleum. Uh, there's really no chorus to this song. It's got such a strange arrangement, and it's like one of your most popular tracks. I just don't think to write choruses very often because, you know, it stops the story. Singing the same thing over and over, it's just kind of dumb. <laughs> you ever heard that uh, Doug Stanhope record where he talks about I was playing chicken in my sleep, playing chicken in my sleep, and just keep saying that. Because, you know, in comedy, you can't just keep repeating the punchline. It's not funny anymore. You can't, it's not how it works. You have to come up with new original material every word, every sentence. And uh, I kind of feel that way about music, too. Why do, you, why do you have to make it easy for people? You're right, and it does, it does kind of stop the story. And it makes people sick of a song sooner. It really does. When you keep hearing a chorus, you want to hear the if you, if the chorus sings four times, you want to hear the song four times as less because you're sick of it already. So I do I do I do choruses sometimes, but usually if I do a chorus, it's only twice, you know, at the most. Right, and of, of course, Linoleum was the lead-off track uh, off Punk and Drublick, which came out in July of '94. Can you set up the track? Like, do you remember writing it? Uh, I do remember writing it, and it was a mistake. <laughs> I was trying to go E to A minor, and I just went to the wrong chord. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting. So that's how it came about. Yeah, I think that's why people like it, because you don't expect that second chord. Right, it's, it's interesting. The opening guitar riff happens. The, the whole intro is 21 seconds long, and then the full band kicks in, and that killer octave part comes in. It's just so, so catchy, and it's just so you guys. Uh, and then it goes back to just the guitar riff by itself, and then then you're in the first verse. And when you wrote the song, after you made that mistake and you're writing it, do you remember if everything kind of came in one sitting, or did you kind of have to go back to it and finish the lyrics, or was the idea just kind of there from the beginning? Because the song is, you know, only two minutes and 10 seconds long. What's cool is I just found those lyrics. I just found the handwritten lyrics Oh, cool! for that whole album. Uh, it's the only album I have the lyrics for. And uh, there is no crossouts. I just kind of wrote it one day because, you know, the lyrics are pretty, they're simple. It's about our friend Mark Curry, who wrote Perfect Government. And uh, no, it, it was an easy write. I, I didn't toil over that song. Do you call uh, when you brought it to the band and what they thought of it initially? No, I don't. I mean, the thing is with no effects, we don't learn songs and practice. You know, we've always lived in different cities. So we get together to do an album and uh, we usually rehearse for like a week, learn the songs and just record them. And those, that was the old days. Now it's just uh, Smilly comes in, I teach him the song, he plays it and then we just lay tracks over it. Like right now, no effects, we're actually gonna try to jam, which is something we've never done. We're not touring, we're just, and we all live in LA now. We're gonna try to get together and actually play as a band. Which, which is so weird. I was going to say, you guys are going on 40 years as a band. Why now? It was my idea, and it's really a stupid idea. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. Uh, 
especially because uh, the songs I'm writing right now, I don't know why, but they, it, it's, it's how I usually write. But, you know, the, the verses have 16 chords and the choruses have eight or 16 chords. It's just how I've been writing. And, it, you know, teaching that to F.A. is just, it's crazy. And he'll learn it eventually. <laughs> and then if you change something, then it's a, it's a headache. It's just, I don't know, four people in one room. What a nightmare. And now we have Karina in the band, too. I know, I know. Will she be joining you for these jam sessions? We don't know yet. Our record isn't out yet, and we already recorded a couple songs for our new album. For the, for the one after the one that's coming out? Yeah, our new album will be out in November. This is like an old album. It's been, it's been in the can for a year. Okay, so single album. <laughs> the other new album, single album's coming out February 26th, and then the, the next album's going to come out in November. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, two records this year. That's great. Well, good good for you. That's the plan anyway. Congratulations. Um, getting into the lyrics, you said this was about your friend Mark. Was was this completely uh, autobiographical about him, or was we just kind of taking the piss at him? Well, it can't be autobiographical about him. Well, you, uh, was, it bi- you know, was it biographical it was, about him? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just about him, about how uh, he was comfortable sleeping on a kitchen floor, and, you know, it's like Bob. Bob was written about uh, our friend Bob. Uh-huh. They're all true stories with a little, you know, color added. We want to get into the lyrics real quick. Uh, Possessions never meant anything to me. I'm not crazy. Well, that's not true. I've got a bed and a guitar and a dog named Bob who pisses on my floor. That's right. I've got a floor. So what? So what? So what? And that line, I, I'm not. I, how many times have I heard this song? I, I, a million. I've seen you guys play it live. And when I researched the lyrics on Google, it kept coming up Bob, and then eventually it came up to what I thought it was. Has anybody else ever thought that you said, and a dog named Dog that pisses on my floor? Yeah, that's what I sing. Yeah, the lyrics don't match up. That's just how it is. You got to live with it. <laughs> so you say dog live. Yeah, I say dog on the record too, I think. Or I don't know, but I know that the lyrics don't match. Okay, okay. On the record, I'm hearing... Oh, yeah, I think I sang Bob. Yes. But the lyrics are a dog named Dog. Well, when... Yeah, yeah. I looked at... A dog named, a dog, named dog is better. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I always... Yeah, change the lyrics to dog. You've said... Okay, I was going to say, I had to have heard it dog live, because, damn it, I, I, I printed the lyrics out first, and then I went back and listened to the track. I'm like, he does say Bob. And like it, I just thought it was a typo on Google, as as it usually is, thinking like, okay, you got a song called Bob, so someone threw Bob in there, but he says dog, right? No, it's because <laughs> uh, back then it would take me so long to sing a lyric, to sing a line in a song. You know, it would take me three or four hours to sing a song. So if I got the line in pitch, even if the word is wrong, I'd keep it. That happens a lot. Okay. Well, so on, our, on our new album, there's a line that does not make sense, and it's because I mispronounced it. And I kept it because it's in pitch. <laughs> that that works. Yeah. So you know. Well, going go, it, it works. Going through what I'm still considering verse one here in linoleum. Um, I got pockets full of Kleenex and linen holes where everything important to me just seems to fall right down my leg and onto the floor. My closest friend, linoleum, linoleum. And then there's like a little verse. That's tat. that's another thing, Chris. Is there's no rhymes. I know. <laughs> there's very few rhymes in the song. It's just I, I just wrote stream of consciousness lyrics. And they fit into the song. So that's maybe another reason why so many people like it. Because it's not easy. Every, every line is a surprise. 
you know, the first time you hear it. No, and I think that's a knack that that you have. I have a hard time when stuff doesn't rhyme. It almost sounds unnatural. I, I, there's been some instances, but I guess it kind of goes with what you were talking about earlier. No chorus. You're, you're telling a story, and the, and the story doesn't need to rhyme. When you're telling a story, it's not rhyming, and it, it, this works perfectly. Yeah, I, I like. I used to do that a lot. I used to not rhyme a lot, and after writing a musical, I got into the habit of rhyming, and I'm trying to get out of that habit now. You know, Brett Gerwitz, he doesn't rhyme a lot either. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it makes better songs. A musical has to rhyme because you only, you only hear it once, you know, unless you have the soundtrack. But if you just go to it, your mind uh, it expects a rhyme and it makes it easier to understand what's going on. That's really, really interesting. There's a little verse tag here, I'm calling it. Uh, uh, the part where it says, supports my head, gives me something to believe. And then it goes to the next part, which I, I guess it goes to a bridge. Is that what you would call the, the that's me on the beach uh, side yes. combing the sand? <laughs> it, it's a bridge. It's a bridge. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. to read. No chorus. I'm going to read the, uh, the bridge here. Uh, that's me on the beach side combing the sand, metal meter in my hand, sporting a pocket full of change. That's me on the street with a violin under my chin, playing with a grin, singing gibberish. And again, I just think the, the imagery here. Uh, the story that you're telling, I think that's another part of this song why, why people can relate to it. I don't know. I mean, we've all seen the guy on the beachside combing the sand with the meter, the metal meter. You know, it's, it's something that just kind of, yeah, it's just relatable. When you got to this point, at any point when you were writing it, did you think this is the pre-chorus or did you always be like, oh, this is, this is, the, this is the bridge? Well, there's no chorus. Right. At all. But, but it, it just sounds like a bridge because it's a, it's a different time signature. Mm-hmm. But that's another weird thing about this song is the chords really don't change very much, mm-hmm. which is very rare for me. Three out of the four chords never change. Just one chord changes here and there. And that's, that's just weird. That's a weird way to write. Going off what you were talking about before, where there is not that repetitive of the same chorus, it almost helps that the, the music of the song is repetitive. So I don't know that it's easy to remember for people maybe or something. Uh, there's just something about this track that's uh, it, it, it shouldn't work, but it does. Exactly. It, do, it shouldn't work, but it's just it's short. It's energetic. And just people just go crazy for it. But I, I, I really don't understand why so many bands cover it, but I'm OK with it. We just made a new video too, you know. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. If you haven't checked out the video, everybody out there, you have to. The linoleum uh, features. Uh, no, oh, another one on top of that. You haven't seen the new video. We made it yesterday. Oh, sorry. I was speaking with the one that's already out there. No, it's, I. Uh, you, you did one yesterday. What? What's that about? Can you share that at all? It's got a hundred different bands in it. <laughs> <laughs> you found a hundred even more. It's got all the all the bands we left out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, to the listeners, check out the video with Linoleum, uh, with Avenged Sevenfold, and uh, when's the new one coming out? Uh, any day now. Any day now. Okay, Maybe well, you, you'll, you'll be able to see them both probably when this episode uh, airs. I know you said it at the end of the Avenged Sevenfold uh, video you did, and, and I, I, I do believe you meant it. How humbling is that of all those bands around the world that love this song that have, have put their stamp on it, uh, albeit some poorly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was humbling when I realized that because I, I was just I was just looking uh, on the internet uh, a while ago, a couple years ago, and I just started tagging all the bands that did it, and I was and I did it for like three or four hours, I don't know, and it was really weird because you know I looked up a couple of our other songs and there's a few, but it's just that one song. Well, there's something else too, and maybe maybe it's because it's the first 
track on Punk and Drublick, which was just such a breakout record for you guys, that maybe that has something to do with it too, the immediacy of it, that it was the first track? I just think it's because it, it, uh, it doesn't sound like anything else. It, it's the signature no effects song. Right. You know, we got that rhythm. It's short and all the, and all the, all the things. No rhymes, no chorus, short, uh, just, just pure energy. It's not trying very hard. No, it's not. It's, it, it, That's what it is. I didn't, tr- I didn't try very hard to write that song. <laughs> it, I just wrote it fast. <laughs> I, I've said on this, on this show a number of times, it's, it's the, the most popular songs, the hits, so to speak, with the fans that were written and not really thought about. You kind of just threw, threw this idea out there that was kind of linear. It is what it is. But, and don't take this the wrong way. I love Linoleum. I, I think it's an awesome song, but I like probably 30 no effects songs ahead of that that, I, that are just my, my favorites. But it's amazing that this is the standout one that everyone's latched onto and everyone's covered and, and given so much love to. Yeah, it, it is weird. And I agree. I like so many other no effects songs better, but I'll take it. And this song and the new song is, is fun. It's, uh, it's very meta. And uh, that song was fun to write. We're going to get to that in a second because I have, <laughs> it's funny, I thought I would have more to talk about with Linoleum, the original, but I don't. I have so much to talk about with the new track because there's just so much there. Uh, it's such a such a cool, just wacky arrangement. But I want to get to the what I'm calling here, I would call this the outro, the end of Linoleum, the original song, which is almost back to the verse, I guess. It's got the, the verse chords. That's me on the back of the bus. That's me in the cell. That's me inside your head. That's me inside your head. That's me inside your head with just those harmonies there. And you you started to get into that a little bit on White Trash, Two Heaves, and a Bean, but this was the first time where it was just like, wow. I'll never forget hearing that for the first time. Those harmonies are just so catchy and just out of left field. Do you, do you remember how that how that ending, those harmonies came together? Well, I was just, uh, Hefe, Hefe was just going for it. And, and we threw in, like a, one of the Oz is major and it's, just, it's weird. You know, our, our harmonies are never parallel. Uh-huh. They're always different from melody. And uh, that one just turned out super good. Everybody's got, you know, such a natural ear for shit like that. Yeah. Weird. And I, and I can't believe I say inside your head, I say that three times too. That's so lazy, <laughs> such lazy writing. <laughs> that's your chorus. That That's your repetitive part. Right. That's yeah. Jesus. Did you ever hear the isolated vocal tracks from this song? It's on YouTube. I don't know if you ever listened to it or not. Is it really? Yeah. And that, and when you're talking about that major harmony at the end, I know what you're talking about. I listened to it last night. That's me inside your head. That's me inside your head. That's me inside your head. And that one you're talking about, it's like a low growl that Hefe does. It's like a, you can really hear his growliness coming out in his voice. And his other ones, like the high one, the high harmony that's super smooth. It's really neat. Oh, I, sh- I want to listen to that. I had no idea. I guess Ryan Green put that up online at some point. Yeah, possibly, yeah. It's a weird record. It's also, we had a weird guitar sound. We used this crazy amp. It's a metal guitar sound. It is. And that's the only record that, of ours that sounds like that. Like our, our guitar tones now are super clean. Right. Which a lot of bands uh, took took a page out of your book with Punk and Drublick. I mean, I hear it in the later Lagwagon records. Definitely strung out with the metal guitars. You know, you guys kind of put had that that blueprint for the for yeah, yeah. for the fat sound. One last thing about Linoleum before we move on to Linoleum. Uh, Ryan Green, did, what do you remember about Ryan with this song in particular? Did he bring anything to the table, or did he just kind of record it as the idea that you had? 
But yeah, he he came up with a lot of production ideas later on in our career. Not on that record. That record was recorded super fast, and he wasn't supposed to be the the uh, producer engineer. It's supposed to be Donald Cameron, but Donald was in rehab, so we we just hired Ryan like a week before. He was a demo engineer, right? Because Donald did uh, did White Trash and Longest Line, and we'd worked with him a lot. So you kind of met Ryan Green by default, then. Yeah, he was he was a demo engineer. Like bands would go to EMI studios and just record demos. And Brett recorded a few songs there. And he goes, "I know this guy." So it just happened really fast. And we recorded a lot of it at, at EMI studios too. Okay, yeah, because it, it it said it was recorded at West Beach Recorders. Just drums. Oh, just the drums were okay. Okay, because of course Ryan worked out of Motor Studios for the most part for your later records, which. The new song, Linoleum, was recorded at Motor. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get into this. So you're sitting around, and what was the uh, what was the idea here? You're thinking Linoleum is uh, 25 years old, and I'm going to write a sequel to it. And I, there's some lyrics in here that uh, that allude to the fact that maybe you might never play the original Linoleum again. You're putting it out to pasture. So what was the thought here when you wrote Linoleum? Well, writing this album, it was a double album, and when, when you write a double album, it's, it's a very different mindset. And I'm just trying to write original material, original songs that no one's ever heard before, subject matter. And I'll, I'll, I put all kinds of stuff on this double album that I don't think anyone's ever done before. This is one of those things. So I just come up with ideas. Okay, shit, I'm gonna play our, our most popular song. The real idea was just changing the chords and the melody because it just, it fucks your mind up. The first time you hear it, you're like, oh, cool. And then I change the chord and it goes to the place where it should have gone originally. You know, it goes to the, the original <laughs> chord and then it just fucks with your brain. It's, it's a very weird feeling when you know a song so well. And I don't know if another band, I've never heard another band do it. I've never heard another band do that. Just change their own song in a, in a way like that, chords and melody. And then I just decided to start writing lyrics about doing that. <laughs> well, I can't think of, of, of another instance either. Right. So uh, I think I did two things here that uh, no one's done in the same song. And it, it's so meta, singing about writing the song. People have done that before. But I don't think they've ever sung about retiring the, their biggest song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's that's definitely a first. And something about this track that uh, that I find just really interesting is what what you said a moment ago that you're expecting because there's elements of it and you're expecting it to go into the original like an updated version and it's not. It just takes you completely somewhere else. I know, and we put we put electronic drums in there and like even the ending it goes five times instead of four times. It doesn't end where it's supposed to. It's just, it's to annoy people. Uh -huh. It's just to bug people. Because we're just doing it for the cause. The cause, we're just doing it Hey everybody, we'll be right back with part two of this Throwback Thursday episode with Fat Mike after a few words from our sponsors. Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. From easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. 
Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with the Spotify Canvas Generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. Just in time for your summer playlist. Punchline's new single, Find Yourself, is out now. Everybody got so good at everything I'm just over here Trying to keep my house clean I have an eye flow, man It's up and it's down I'm wondering if this is why I'm building town This is a joke, man This is a fight Trying to find yourself in the right place The right time Listen to Punchlines Find Yourself On Apple Music, Spotify And everywhere else you can stream music Duh And now, back to the show. Even when the riff happens after verse two, it's only half of the riff earlier in the song. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then it's like a ha- it's like it's like knee jerk. It kind of makes you go, whoa, what was that? And, and, it's really and cool. And the drum rolls are uh, just so weird. Put you in a weird state of mind. That's what I was planning. It's 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 like an adventure. Well, I have to ask: Did the Venge Sevenfold? Did they play on this track? Oh yeah. The, the funniest part of this was uh, uh, I called them up and I said, "Do you guys want to play on our new song? We redid Linoleum," and they're like, "Hell yeah, I'd be awesome!" Because they used to cover it. Of course, yeah, they used to do it at Warp Tour. I'd see them all the time. And uh, I sent them the song. I I, uh, I sent it to them, and they called back 10 minutes later, and they said, are you talking shit about us in the song? I go, well, yeah. <laughs> Is that a problem? Because <laughs> there's a line when, when, when every hopeless band plays it wrong. That, that's them. <laughs> right. Yeah. They go, are we the hopeless band? I go, you sure are. And uh, they go, no, it's not a problem. We'll still do it. <laughs> Hey, play on my song. I'm talking shit about you. They play the guitar leads, which are really crazy guitar leads. They're gnarly, and I love at the end when when uh, Hefe and uh, and Melvin are looking at them, just like with this bizarre look in their face, like "What are you doing?" With because the, the licks are just so so crazy fast and good. I almost thought was is this Smelly on the track or is that Brooks playing? Oh, it's Smelly. Unreal. The drum fills are so crazy, and I, I thought for sure. No, no offense. Smelly is amazing. I thought for sure that that Brooks had a hand in this because, okay, let's back up. The beginning of the song. It was. Is, it, it, it was it, it, no song ever took Smelly so long to play because uh, I wanted 
the roles to be super crazy. And I, and you know, I worked on a lot of it on a, a keyboard, you know, keyboard drums. Uh huh. So there were crazy roles it, uh, on the demo. He's like, what the fuck? I was going to say when you, when, when we program drums for our drummers, they hate that. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's not crazy about it, but it's just, it's kind of what I've been doing. It, you know, I've been working, I work with this guy Baz on a lot of stuff and you know, he's always around. So we just program stuff. Well, the beginning of this, I thought for sure that the beginning was maybe something that Avenge came up with. It just is sounds unlike anything you've ever done before. The, the intro is so weird to this song and to where it goes. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird because it sounds like linoleum, but it's so slow and dirgy and weird. The whole thing is weird. Well, the the whole arrangement's insane, and we're going to get into that in a moment. But the intro, I just couldn't make sense of it. And this song was not immediate for me. I, I didn't get this song till probably the fifth or sixth listen, and now I love it. At first, it was just kind of like, I don't really get this, and now. I get it from the standpoint of, yeah, it's supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be out there. It's supposed to be, and the lyrics are hilarious. If you listen to Linoleum now, it's weird. Now, when you listen to the original, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. When I when I was A-being these, it's it's like they're kind of the same song, but they're not. Linoleum is a minute and 10 seconds longer than Linoleum. The track clocks in at three minutes and 19 seconds. The intro is 29 seconds, and then the original guitar riff comes in. Okay, and you think, okay, they did this little intro, kind of harkens back to the original, and now the the riff comes in, and then it just goes anywhere but where you think it's going to go. 40 seconds in, we're into the first verse. Intellectual property never meant anything to me, so I'm not crazy for trying to pimp out a classic song. At 25 years old, it's the humane thing to do, even though you know we know you think it's wrong. But after 700 covers and 1,800 shows, and because it's the song that Colombians love to hum, no rhyme there, uh, <laughs> we voted to pull the plug and euthanize linoleum. Well, so I am rhyming in this song. <laughs> a little bit. Um, the uh, You're saying you're going to euthanize the song. Yeah, are, that's, are, in Backstage Passport, in Backstage Passport, there were, uh, we didn't get to play that show in uh, Bogota, and there's that bar where all the kids are, si- are humming, they're singing linoleum, which that was just... Uh, heartbreaking so that's what i mean there that's really and euthanize you know uh you know as well as anyone you've probably played more shows than no effects playing the songs that you have to play every time it just gets a little old is there is there real consideration to putting this song out to pasture the original oh sure oh sure so you're going to give them Uh, linoleum if we can if we can (laughs) well we tried to practice linoleum and it didn't go over well so if we can fi- if we can actually figure out how to play it right, then they get linoleum. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not kidding. I, I thought that because Avenged Sevenfold was in the video that they played this track until we get to the next part. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, that's Mike. That's Mike. I can- that riff. <laughs> that riff is so freaking cool, man. It's such a total departure and a crazy time signature turnaround, and you get two lines 
I think I was born into this world to piss people off. And then there's just this breakneck turnaround where, holy shit, now you're in verse two. Yeah, it's not the right amount of, of uh, the measure is not even. It's like a seven and a half count and seven, eight count. Yeah, it shouldn't work. I'm listening to it. And I had to rewind yeah. it like four yeah. times ago. It doesn't work, but it you does. You have to get used to it. I think I was born into this world to piss people off. So do it what a smart man never would. It's just another thing in the song that was supposed to be annoying. And when, <laughs> when you do stuff on a, on keyboard drums, it's easy to do that. I think you just got to listen to it a few times. Yeah, like I said, you, you want to piss off the drummer in your band, program drums on a keyboard and go, hey, can you play this? Because <laughs> I'm not a drummer. It sounds good uh, on the keyboard, but you, you, you give it to a drummer. Like, that, that, that's kind of impossible to play. And I could see where, where Smelly probably tore his hair out with this one because that just alone, that section with the time signature you're speaking of, that's one of the craziest uh, turnarounds you've, I've ever heard in a NoFX song. Yeah, well, it took, it took him eight hours, all in all, to do the song. Wow. So, yeah, he wasn't – well, he was happy. He was stoked. And that's with, with Bill Stevenson there, you know? Oh, so you got one of the best drummers uh, hawking over you while you're trying to play. Bill really worked out. I, yeah, I could, I, I could imagine that. Uh, getting into verse two, uh, so I'm doing what no smart band never would. I'm taking our one well-known song and trying to make it not very good. Yeah, some people would say it's not as good as the first one. I don't know. I mean, it it it's not, but it's cool. It it's I different. like the melody a lot. Yeah, it's it's just you can't really compare it to the first song only in the context of it. It's a completely different animal. Here's where I was talking about after uh, you say it's not very good. That uh, opening guitar riff happens again, but it's only like half a one, and it just kind of makes you go, "Whoa, what just happened?" And then you're into what I'm calling verse three. Which is probably my one of my favorite uh, <laughs> favorite uh, lyrics in the song. Linoleum never meant anything to me. I never even wrote a chorus, just verses in a bridge. It's like bulldozing a bowling alley for a used record store. Decomposing your best song is sacrilege. But when most hopeless bands play it wrong... And it's in La Tigra's best song. And it was the last song that Tony ever played. It's time to put linoleum out to stud and make sure that it gets laid. Yeah. <laughs> Going go to the glue factory. Yeah. Do you know that La Tigra, that La Tigra, you know, I wrote that song about Kathleen Hanna and she responded by putting linoleum in the first song on the, on the La Tigra album. <laughs> It's cool because it's their best song too. I love that Le Tigre song. And Kathleen was was a, for the listeners was of course in, in Bikini Kill. And I remember when that whole thing went down. There was a lot of controversy with that. Uh, so the fact that you 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 uh, stuck that in the song here is uh, pretty hilarious. And what do you mean controversy? Me controversial? No, <laughs> never, never, never. Halfway through that verse, it goes halftime. Again, when you were writing the song, was this kind of, this almost feels in a weird way like a mini decline to me, this song. There's just so many different little parts and, and, and textures with it. Was this all kind of written linear in one sitting or did, did you have different parts that you were putting together and Frankensteining it? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. This whole, this whole album uh, was 
written uh, while while on a lot of drugs and alcohol. <laughs> you? It's all late night writing, which you know. And right now, I'm not. I'm I'm sober right now, and I'm. Uh, I've been writing way more songs. I don't know. I have like 38 new songs, and this album was 23 songs originally. We knocked it down to 10. Not not including those 13 songs. I have another 38 songs. So good, good for you. So I, I just I write I write every day. So I don't really remember how it came together, but it's usually like that these days. I put down a cool part, put it on my tape recorder. I, I can't figure out GarageBand or anything like that. I noticed here in the line, and, and it was the last song that Tony ever played. Uh, his last show was at the High Dive in Gainesville, Florida, of all places where where uh, less than Jake is from. And uh, you referenced Tony here, Tony Sly, of course, from No Use for a Name. I noticed you get Tony in in a number of songs, and it's just uh, it's really cool to see you still, you know, pay pay tribute to your friend. Yeah, it's uh, still you know the worst the worst death of my life. Just I know uh, always sticks with me. I was just I was in the car with Darla yesterday, and we were listening to Sad Bear because mm-hmm. uh, Tony's like my kid's favorite band, uh, especially because she's you know really good friends with uh, with Fiona their besties and Kira and uh yeah I think about him all the time still yeah well it's uh it, it's evident it's really it's nice that you that you reference him it's really cool uh I call it the, the departure guitar riff uh that that thing comes in again here for just a moment and then those the first time you hear it is these crazy just har- a dual harmony uh event sevenfold leads come in for just a little bit And then we hit what I guess is a bridge part here. It's it, it's supposed to be modeled after the bridge, the original one. But uh, the lyrics take a departure. And I don't know what I was thinking with these lyrics. I just kind of go off the deep end. No, I. <laughs> this is where this is where the song really gets interesting. Uh, bri- the, the bridge lyrics are: "That's me, and I got a new kitchen floor, but I still sleep with a close friend. The leather trunk next to my bed. That's me on the street, and I'm walking with my kid." When she told me she knows everything I did because she just finished our book, the, uh, <laughs> the, the no effects hepatitis book. If you haven't read it, check it out. It's pretty, pretty amazing. The, uh, and then I guess that's Darla that actually says, dad. Yeah. 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 Is that her yeah, voice? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know I did that either. I just, I was recording her at universal studios, dad. And, uh, yeah, I used that clip. What the fuck? What the hell? I don't think she's heard the song still. She hasn't. <laughs> well, she, it, it's not hard. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure she will. I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> so, I, I've never asked you this. Do, do people at school know who her dad is? Yeah, her friends know who I am. Yeah, but as far as I can tell, none of them have read the book. But yeah, that, that's that was a hard part about the book is that everyone in the band was like, "Uh, we all have kids," and that's the only reason why we didn't want to put certain parts in the book. But you know, everyone in the band, we we did it anyway. Yeah, well, you, you know, that's how you roll. You gotta, you gotta really tell all. Yeah, and that's how you make a good book is by telling everything. Well, the book's about as raw as it gets. I uh, one of my favorite reads. I'm a uh, rock biography, autobiography guy, and I think it's I, I loved it. I thought the book was awesome. Uh, the the outro here, uh, much- leather trunk. The leather trunk next to my bed is 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 cool too. 
if you see the weekend at fatties you can see the trunk where i put the bomb pops in there oh i i saw the trunk so, you know i, I do have <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on it's on YouTube, folks. You can go check it out. The weekend at Fatties. It was back in back in September that uh, No Effects did a quarantine backyard gig at Mike's house uh, in, in in Los Angeles. With uh, Fishbone was there. I know Get Dead was there, and uh, Mike took the ladies of the Bomb Pops on a tour of his bedroom and went into his uh, leather trunk and showed them uh, his toys. And I'll I'll leave it at that. It's a nice trunk. It's, it's a good napping trunk. Well, it's a nice trunk, and I. I know it's funny because the line, but I still sleep with a close friend, the leather trunk next to my bed. So I took that as, well, you, you sleep with a close friend that's next to you, or maybe the leather trunk is the friend you're speaking of kind of a double entendre. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm speaking of the leather trunk. You know, uh, I like to keep certain things around me. Like I've, I have a leather blanket and leather pillows and I, I do not go anywhere without them. I would bring them on the planes. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm that, I'm that weird of a guy. I'm that much of a fetishist that I like wearing leather or having it around me. It, it calms me. It's the weirdest thing. I'm so spectrum. That, that's good because you need calming things, especially sure. when you travel as much as we do. The outro here is yeah. what I'm calling the, the fourth verse. Okay. There's still really no chorus in this, in this song. And uh, the, the lyrics of the song end like this. What the fuck? What the hell? Why did she feel the need to tell me that she knows her dad is more than kind of weird? She knows that I do drugs. She knows that I'm kinky. But what keeps me up at night is that her friends know that I drink pee. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I, I was just, I, I'm hoping it's not true because uh, they haven't read the book. But uh, one day, true. she's gonna ask. She's gonna, yeah. One day, it's gonna be true. Well, whatever. I got, I got to live with it. Right when the line comes in, she knows that I do drugs right there. Those guitar solos come back in. Yeah, yeah. And was that your idea to have, have them do it? Because it adds such a cool thing to the song. No, they just said they played a lot of leads and keep what we wanted. And I just kept them because uh, okay. it's cool. Okay, so you guys did the track. You sent it to them. And then yeah. those guys laid down their, their guitar solos. Yeah, they just went, okay. went okay. hog wild on it. And it's perfect because they're, they're very signature leads, not no effects leads. I noticed here at the end, there's a, uh, you know, it says uh, the last line, of course, again, is but what keeps me up at night is that her friends know that I drink pee. And then it's spoken at the end. You say, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> That's how the song ends. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. that just something you did in the vocal booth and you decided to keep it at mixed down or was that planned? I think Hefe says it. Oh, it is Hefe? Is that Hefe? I don't know. I think so. Or maybe not. I don't know. Okay. We do wacky things. It wasn't in the original song. It was just in the vocal, in the booth. Something I've never noticed, and I almost forgot. I want to bring this up real quick. Going back to the original Linoleum, when I was listening to it again, I noticed at the beginning, there's almost like two, three, four seconds of like this. It almost sounds like, I don't know, uh, a musical or something happening before the, before it ended it. It's Hefe. It's Hefe warming up his, his voice. How the hell have I never noticed that in all the years I've heard this track? It it's got to be loud. Yeah. Well, I was in I was in headphones the past couple of days, really soaking this song up. And I'm like, what the hell is I kept rewinding. I'm like, what is that? I've never yeah, yeah. noticed that before. So that was just something you guys left on the track just to just for the hell of it. Oh, yeah. We do that all the time. 
There's all kinds of coughs and weird noises. That's re- that's really cool. So with linoleum at this point, can can we get a, a definitive? We're giving linoleum a rest. It's out to pasture. You you know we'll, we'll, no. we'll maybe play linoleum at the shows, but you get no definitive no. anything because we have no idea what we play every night. We really don't. Well, that's always been the beauty. Of you. That's always been the beauty. Of you. you get up that day and decide what you're going to play, and usually it works great. Um, sometimes it doesn't work great, as evidenced on uh, the Warp tours a number of years ago. When I see Smelly walking back from the stage and he's shaking his head, I'm like, "What's up?" And he goes, "I don't know why he wants to open with that goddamn uh, uh, Herb Alpert song." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know with me. <laughs> you opened at Warp tour, and the whole crowd was just like it was cricket. Yeah, yeah. For like two minutes, and then I think you you launch into perfect government of linoleum, or don't call me white, and the place goes berserk. You know, yeah, never give the people what they want. That's my motto. Well, we're we're getting near the end here. The new album uh, is called Single Album. It's out February twenty six. Uh, any anything else you'd like to to add or or, or plug, uh, Mike? Go for no, it. No, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, I don't like to plug. Well, I do like to plug things. Uh, I'm not going to plug things on your show. <laughs> <laughs> I got my own plugs. I, I got Thank a whole you. box of them. Thank you. I got a whole box of plugs. Well, that was it. Hope you all enjoyed that little journey back in time. If you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our supporting cast program. It's basically like a Patreon, except it's called Supporting Cast. You can check it out at chrisdemakes.com. And for a few bucks a month, you'll get weekly bonus episodes and a giant back catalog of those bonus episodes. So check it out. You'll help us keep making the show. Thanks, everybody. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.